they only missed one slate, which was Monday. There were no games Sunday. Like it was only one game on Saturday. So very, very different experience, but we're going to be fine. I feel like when you miss like any amount of basketball, you just feel completely lost. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not mad that I missed the Monday slate, given it was massive. Like I'll happily just yeah. get I'd away from 13 games. Recently. What's up, everybody? Wednesday, December 13th, NBA Strategy Show is here. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scherer. We're brought to you by Sleeper. Got a nine-game slate. We got 250K up top on the DraftKings side today. It is going to be a fun one. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Follow us both on Twitter. Adam, what's good? I have not talked to you in a couple days. Yeah, it's been a while. Nice to nice to have you back. Uh, doing shows with Neil was fun. Doing shows with Eric was less. So uh, glad to have you back. Fair enough. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Shout out to Neil. No shout out to Eric. He won't hear this. It's 7 a.m. I, I, I wish we had a studio just to Draymond Green Eric during a show. <laughs> uh, it'd be great. It would be great. Oh, man. Lakers, in-season champs, in-season tournament champs. That one paid me off a little bit. I was happy to see that. I didn't think there was a chance LeBron was dropping that bad boy. He had a one-game playoff. He was going to pick, put Tyrese Halliburton in a pick-and-roll for 100 times a game until they can figure that one out. So I like it. Yeah, Draymond's a crazy person. Yeah, that was that was wild. I still – yeah, I mean, that was that was insane. And there aren't a lot of guys – like, I assume Draymond's down to for some fisticuffs – you know, most of the league, like, you know, I, yeah. I assume he's in. That's probably Nurkic not one is... of them that I'm taking that shot at, man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I think I'm pretty sure the only way you take that shot at Nurkic is if you're confident that he has no idea it's coming. Or you're confident that you have a weapon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it does. So, so what that was actually one of my first thoughts when I saw it is it's so easy to forget like how big NBA players are that aren't centers. Yeah, because like obviously Nurkic is huge, and I was like, "Wow, I can't believe he went down like that." And I was like, "Well, Draymond is actually a massive human being, also." Yeah, he like you don't think like you don't think about any like almost any of these dudes. Like Steph Curry is a big dude, right? If you saw like he's not abnormally big, but if you saw Steph Curry in person, he would still stand out as just being a large human. He, if you saw him in person, you everybody's immediate reaction that never sees him is going to be, "Wow, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was." Right. But, like, Draymond is legitimately a huge human being. LeBron yeah. would freak people out. Right, we've had the, the LeBron Nurkic conversation. on like, a different level of all of these people. Right, yeah, we've had the LeBron conversation about, like, how much bigger than John Jones he is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, the Google information for Draymond is 6'6", 230. Like, that is a giant, giant person. Yeah. He's, he's pretty high up there on the list of, like, that's not the guy that you want to take a poke at during an NBA game. I can't imagine there's a lot of people that are like looking to get into that one. He's got to be, I mean, like he might be number one. Well, I didn't hear the, what you were ranking. Like just dude, you don't want to take a poke at in the Nurkic. League. It might be Nurk. Yeah. Cause I think so like Jokic obviously is, has some family that I wouldn't want involved, but yeah. so does Nurk. Um, yeah. I don't know a lot about Nurk, but like just Jokic's temperament, it seems a lot more likely that you could get a shot at him and it would just sort of, okay, what was that? Yeah. Um, you know, that I mean, might... th- think about Jokic just 
shoulder checking Markeith Morris. Right. I would say then he might run across the floor and shoulder check you into, you know, the other side of the arena. But... Just fold you in half. Right. But Nurk is pretty high up. Yeah, like Steven Adams. I mean, we, like there are a couple dudes where it's just like, nah, man, you're not going to – you're you're done. You're done, done. Yeah, and p- people are caught up on the the Curry thing. Like, your point, yeah, he's not big for an NBA player. If you walk into a bar and Steph Curry is there, he's on the big end of anybody in that bar. Yeah. And com- but, but when you think of Steph Curry, because you think of him in an NBA context, you think of him as small. Yeah, exactly. Like he's a little dude in the NBA. He is a significantly above average sized American. Yeah, 6'2, 185. Like you walk into yeah. a bar and he's not he's not probably not the tallest person there or the biggest person, but you yeah. definitely go, oh yeah, that's like a pretty big guy. Like it's not gonna take a lot of eating and water weight for him to be the size of like UFC middleweights. Right. Like 185 would be that weight, but like, you know, you want to bulk Steph up a little bit. 6'2 is big. Right. And, for, and the whole for point like is random people. Right. And and the whole point is like, oh, this guy might be too small to play in the NBA. Yeah. Was at one point a thing. Yeah. You just he would stand out. Like if no one if no one knew him, they'd be like, like if my wife met him and just like didn't realize it, he'd be right. big dude. Right. Yeah, not like abnormal. Like you wouldn't remember, yeah. you know, a week later you wouldn't be like, Oh, remember that guy I saw at the bar? But right. like in the moment it'll be, yeah, you're one of the biggest people in here. Yep. Yeah, like no, like you would think, oh, that that like I could take a poke at him and like you know knock out Steph, and it's like, yeah, no, he's probably gonna be the favorite across every single person in there. Right. So wild. Yeah, av- the average U.S. height is five eight. Is it really? Oh, that's what Spencer Smith says. I'm just using YouTube chat as the right answer for this one. I would, and not to mention, like I bet Steph is. Crazy strong for yeah. his body type. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, we've had that conversation before too. Like if you've ever just run into an athlete in public or actually seen them up close, it's always like a, you look like an alien. You are like just fit in a way that even like fit dudes yeah. are not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is 99th percentile fitness level for people in the United States. Ignoring like military, right? You want to talk some basketball? We got a lot of it here. Yeah, John P said average height is five ten and a half. I thought it was around five nine, five ten. That that feels high. We're gonna ask ChatGPT quickly before we start. I, I, I definitely, I will say, I definitely feel like people overestimate it. You know, because it'll be like, you know, oh, they're five eight, they're five nine, they're short, and it's like I know they're definitely like around average, maybe a little bit below, but. Like, I feel like if you just, like, ask random people on the street, they think it's, like, six foot. All right. Median height and weight for the United States for adults. I asked ChatGPT. For men, average height is 5'9". Okay. Women, average height, 5'4". We'll work on that equality later. Yeah. I I was going to say, I I believe the, like, 5'9", 5'10", because I'm, like, 5'7", 5'8". And normally, if I'm out in public, like... I'm not, I'm obviously not towering over most people, but like, I'm normally not, you know, looking up at people. It's yeah. a lot of, you know, okay, yeah, we're about the same. Five, average height, five, nine, average weight, 198. Holy shit. That'll make you feel better about yourself. God, we're a fucking garbage country. 
we're just eating way too much. We got we're on easy street, man. There's way there's way too many Burger Kings around. Between that number and that pick that was on Twitter the other day, I feel a lot better about myself. Yeah. Five, nine, 200. Look at Chet. Jojo Pukey says, that can't be right. Look, ChatGPT is never wrong in my experience. <laughs> this is the one that I would expect it to get correct. This is just information like that. You're what, 6'2"? Yeah, 6'2", 215, something like that. The 215 part makes me feel a lot better right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't mind that. Like most things, guys, I'm above average. You ready to get into this? Yeah, I don't want to follow up on that. Mm. Because you are not, or <laughs> I assume that's where you're going. You just didn't want to make yourself feel worse. Of course. <sighs> All righty. Philadelphia 76ers, 12-point favorites in Detroit, 235 total. We have basically zero ownership coming into the Philly side. I thought I was going to like Joel Embiid today. That does not appear to be the case. I don't have a single share of a Philadelphia 76er right now. They are at full strength. If I could get to some Joel Embiid, I would love it. Very hard to get to Embiid over Giannis today. Has a little something to do with the fact that Giannis has a 259 total in his game. Um, it's 213 in Memphis-Houston. 46-point gap between low and high today. Incredible. I don't, like, obviously the matchup is great against the Pistons. I'm going to have a real hard time getting anything from Philly other than Embiid. Yeah, uh, agreed. Now, because I absolutely suck, while we were talking that whole time, I forgot to hit the button to finish my sim. So uh, that's still going to take me a minute, but... Um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. One of the first things I said to you before the show was, you know, is it really this hard to get to pretty much every payoff option today? Because my, if you just tell me Embiid's playing Detroit, I'm going to assume that he is looking good, but it's just tough to get there right now. There are a lot of payoff options. Like you were saying, you have Giannis in a game with a ridiculous total. Um, but even he's not projected for that much ownership. So yeah. it's just uh, really tough to get there right now. Maybe other value will open up. And things will get a little bit better, but uh, it's a situation right now where if you get to Embiid, then clearly you're going to be happy. It's a good spot. He's obviously really, really good, but uh, tough to get there. Um, Philadelphia in general, I think pretty difficult to get to. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't have a single share and I just at full strength, it's going to be really hard, even in a good matchup. Piston side is a little bit different uh, in that. Asar Thompson, 5,900, small forward, power forward, 18% owned on DraftKings, 21 on FanDuel. Actually, I don't have that number correct. Give me one second. Now I do. Uh, Asar Thompson, 19% owned on DraftKings, 21% on FanDuel. You also get Boyan Bogdanovich to 10% on FanDuel, where he's 6,300. And Killian Hayes, 19% owned on FanDuel, where he's 5,400. Uh, we're starting to see things look a little bit different for the Pistons in terms of rotations. No Bagley for this one, no Duran for this one. We got Isaiah Stewart starting the last time at the five. They're starting to get to like what you would expect a rotation would look like. I don't know if they're going to keep doing that once these guys come back, but lots of ownership to Thompson who moved back into the starting lineup for the last uh, last game. And I think that's pretty justified today. I think he looks decent. Yeah, I think so too. He's still only 5,900. So that salary has come down a bit as a result of, 
him getting benched, but now he's back or was back. Assume he is still back. Uh, 20% ownership, 16% chance of being optimal. Both of those numbers look perfectly fine. Small forward power forward. So you can roster him at two of the more difficult positions to find, you know, good plays at. Uh, so he looks good. There's not a lot of ownership coming into anybody else. Right now in the boom bust tool, Jaden Ivey stands out. Only getting 5% ownership, 16% chance of being optimal at 5,500. He did play 33 and a half minutes off the bench last game. Now that's a game where Killian Hayes only played 23. So I don't think you're consistently going to see those minutes from Ivy, but they can be there on a game to game basis. I do think that as we get later in the day and, you know, as is usually the case on the morning show, where you get that big disparity between optimal percentage and ownership percentage, it's generally going to come together in one way or the other, either the ownership's going to come up or optimal comes down. The field generally just isn't going to drastically miss on somebody, but I view him basically as, you know, if you want to take shots on him in a tournament at 5,500, that's fine. If he plays 30, like if somebody tells you that he just plays 33 minutes, you're playing a ton of Jaden Ivey. The problem is that there's also iterations of this game where he plays like 24 and you didn't want any. I went 27 Hayes, 27 Ivy. Where where do you think you're going to land there? Because that seems to be the combination of two dudes that like one might be off, one might be on. Yeah, I think that's pretty much correct. Like they split what? God, suck at math. Um, That's fine. That's not important for what we do. What is 43 plus 34? 37? 47? They split, basically they split 48 minutes. 57 minutes minutes total. 58 minutes. I started at 37. So, um. Yeah, I, I can't I can't do addition at all. Um so yeah, like they're they're obviously sharing the floor some, but yeah, I think expecting some something like a 27 27 split makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I got to five percent Ivy, but I did get to a ton of Asar Thompson, and I don't really have much of an issue there. I don't I think he he feels pretty safe if he's starting. And I think it's a little bit better for him. Just there should be a lot more rebounding opportunities than what he was seeing earlier in the year when they were going double bigs and he was at the three. Like he's going like Boyan Bogdanovich at the four, if you want to call him the four, is not going to be a better rebounding threat than it when it was Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran out there. So I like the spot for Asar Thompson. Anything else here? I don't really think so, no. All right. Uh, Germ hit us with the super chat, said, Engelman, what the hell were you doing? Why were you in my NHL territory last night? I never see you in them. It's because you guys have terrible payout structures and prize pools every other day, but you had 100K up top yesterday, and I like money. So I chased, I tried to chase that down a little bit. Anytime you're running out 100K prize pools, you're going to see me in the NHL streets. Hell, I'll take 50K. But, yeah, I, I had one lineup that was, like, ranked pretty high when I fell asleep, and I was just like, oh, I hope these last three guys do something. They didn't, but I did cash one of them, so I'll take what I can get. But yeah, it's all prize pool thing. I'll follow the money wherever I can. Anything else for the Pistons? Um, just finished running that sim that I'd forgotten to run before. Um, getting a lot of Ivy right now. Yeah, okay. So Jaden Ivy's breaking my stuff right now. Again, that's just because of the current optimal versus ownership thing. Yeah. Um, so 68% of him right now, not gonna hold, but nope certainly playable at low ownership, uh, getting the 26% of star Thompson. So that's more in line with what I would expect. Not getting anything else from Detroit. Didn't think so. I assume you don't have Philly. One Kelly Oubre lineup. Yeah. I think you're going to have a couple more here. New Orleans Pelicans are seven and a half point favorites in Washington, 240 total. And this Pelicans team looks great. Probably has something to do with Washington being 28th in defensive rating and second in pace. 25% ownership to Brandon Ingram, 20 to Herb Jones, 
30 to Joe Val, 10 to Zion, 10 to CJ McCollum. I think every one of the starters looks fantastic here against Washington. I'm happy to get whatever I can of any of these guys. I got a bunch of Joe Val. I'm a little bit under the field on them, but I am over on Zion. So I'm kind of like flip-flopping Ingram and Zion, but I want all of the dudes from the Pels. Yeah, I'm getting to them pretty heavily. Uh, right now, I'm getting 58% Herb Jones, so well over the field on him at 5,500. That just looks good in this spot. Uh, yeah. Fast-paced game, terrible offense that will turn the ball over, terrible defense. I mean, it's just it, – it's a really good spot for all these guys, and that price tag for Jones looks good. I'm getting the 47% Joval at 6,700. That looks very good. 29% owned over the field there. He's playing a bunch of minutes recently, which is nice to see. Getting the 21% CJ McCollum, so I'm 2x the field on him. And then, as usual, for whatever reason, I'm just not getting to Brandon Ingram. Shooting guard, small forward, 7,800, 25% owned. I would like to get there. I I, I hope that changes. Uh, yeah. Positions are great. He got small forward back on DraftKings. Salary dropped at the same time. He's clearly a very good play. I just don't have as much as the field. I don't really have Zion. But Herb Jones, Joe Val, CJ McCollum right now are the three that I'm getting over the field on. Um, if I started getting to Zion, clearly that would also be fine. But Ingram's the one that I'm looking at right now. Like, okay, I hope that changes by lot. We do have a couple of those, uh, like, you know, Zion at 7,900, but that power forward center 8K-ish range is, we got a couple different options, so maybe you're getting to a different one there, but uh, 17% is what I've got now for Zion. I got 22 of Joe Val. I only have 13 of Ingram, but like you said, I would happily take more. I mean, I think he's great spot. Positionality is fantastic. Again, it all looks really good to me. Yeah, like we got on DraftKings what, so for the last, like, few games that, Ingram's played where I haven't been getting to him. It's been like, oh, well, if you were shooting guard small forward, I'd probably get there, but he's only shooting guard. I got what I wanted, and I'm still not there for some reason. But They just – look, that's what happens when you face Washington. They are a cheat code. Yeah, um, and I will say also, I mean, this could easily be a situation where once I don't have 68% Jaden Ivey at shooting guard, I have a little bit more Brandon Ingram. That might open things up a little bit at least. Like not to the same price range, but – would still open it up. Well, some of these teams are so bad. It's really this is the first year in a while. Like the the bottom dregs. I mean, they're the Pistons are on a seventeen or a twenty game losing streak. The Spurs are on like seventeen or something. The Wizards' only win since Halloween is the Spurs, I believe. So like these shitty teams are only beating themselves and losing to literally everybody else that exists. It is insane. Insane. 123 offensive rating for the Nuggets when Nikola Jokic is on the floor. 119 defensive rating for the Wizards. The Wizards basically turn everybody into just like a slightly lower rent Nikola Jokic team. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just crazy. Play the Pels against the Wizards. Play a little bit of the Wizards, I think. Uh, 10% ownership coming into Daniel Gafford. Another 10% coming into Tyus Jones. As we look at the injury report for Washington, Gafford is questionable. Feels like he always is. Uh, Johnny Davis out. Omer Yuri out. Landry Shamit out. DeLon Wright out. Uh, none of that should be too surprising. I have 17% of a 2% owned Jordan Poole right now, which I don't Enjoy. really hate, but it, I hate. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I am getting to a bit of Gafford. I am getting to a bit of Tyus Jones, so I'm following that ownership. I have some Kuzma. I don't mind getting to... like. Against the Pels, who are like an average-ish team, you get the Wizards at home, so the game is should be a little bit more competitive. I kind of like the Wizards side here at little to no ownership. I really hope that 
the Pelicans decide to just throw Herb Jones at Jordan Poole just to see how unbelievably poorly that goes for Jordan Poole. Um, but hopefully they that, just throw him at Kuzma. Right. Um, that aside, I'm pretty much just with the field here. I'm getting to 13% Tyus Jones. I'm getting to 11% Daniel Gafford. They're both pulling 10% ownership. I don't have much of anything else. Just, you know, 3% Kuz, 3% Poole, even less Avdia and Gallo. Uh, so pretty much just up and down matching the field more or less on these guys. Uh, the pricing on Gafford and Jones is what, you know, stands out as being most appealing. Uh, also, yeah. you know, I guess a narrative game, they are moving. That was announced yeah. this morning, but yeah, I uh, I assume like the the amount of Tyus Jones that I have would go away once value opens up. Like Gafford yeah. is just a rotate in center, but seventeen percent Jordan Poole, sixty three hundred, like point nine fantasy points per minute over the last thirty days. Is that great? No, but two forty total is the second highest total on today's slate. Thirteenth in defensive rating for the Pels, tenth in pace. It's it's a solid enough matchup for the Wizards. Rolling the dice on Jordan Poole doesn't feel great, but I don't know. At 6,300, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, like he's clearly at that price tag where he's going to get the opportunity. The the Wizards would like him to pay off that salary. Yeah. He probably won't, but... No, he won't. No, he won't. Anything else here for your Washington Wizards? No. I do just really want the memes of Herb Jones guarding Jordan Poole. I don't. If I have this amount of Jordan Poole, I don't. (laughs) I would really like the CJ McCollum memes of him guarding Jordan Poole. That would I would prefer that one in a big, big way. Chat wants to know why your uh, process show hasn't been added to podcast channel. No idea. I don't handle that. I mean, uh, it wasn't up there Monday and Tuesday because there was no process show, so there was nothing to upload. But my assumption is today's gets uploaded. There was one today, uh, but I have no idea. Kick that one down the line to... Uh, People that aren't me. Schedule for the rest of the day. Very, very simple. It is an NBA-only extravaganza. We have Adam and I back tonight, 5 p.m. until 6 p.m. for the deeper dive. And then you get Greg and Eric for Live Before Lock at 6. Easy peasy. That's all we've got for today. We're just talking lots of NBA. We also need to talk about the fact that you guys need to use our avatar. We had multiple people last night with big days. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, our boy Sean didn't win the Minimax for the 100th straight day, but um, I assume he'll be back in better than ever today. But shout out to Curtis James, who picked up a dub 7,500. Shout out to Notorious B.I.G. 14 for picking up a dub in the NFL Minimax recently. But... He had the he had the avatar. Uh, K James ten twelve who picked up the dub and shouted us out did not have the avatar up. You need to have the avatar, folks. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab our logo. Load it on DraftKings. Load it on FanDuel. Owners box. Yahoo. Because if you finish in the top three of a contest with five thousand or more entries. You get one month of whatever stochastic package you are looking for. That's a $200 value. It costs you absolutely nothing to do it. You don't have to have our package before you do that to use our stochastic avatar, but you'll get one for a month if you succeed. It's that simple. Head on over. Link in the description. All right, let's go. Charlotte Hornets, eight-point dogs in Miami, 224 total. On the Charlotte end here, no LaMelo Ball, 
Uh, no Nick Smith and Mark Williams is doubtful. We've seen him miss two out of the last three. Scattered ownership to all of these Charlotte guys, and I think that makes some sense. It's around 10 for Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward, Nick Richards, PJ Washington, Terry Rozier's at 5%. And I kind of have like 5 to 10% of all of those guys. The minutes are fantastic for all the starters for Charlotte. They just happen to be in a fine matchup against the slow team, but... You know, you got a lot of good flexibility. You got a lot of good minutes. They're just priced where they should be. Yeah, agreed. Um, 10% ownership coming into all of Hayward, Washington, Richards. I'm the 108 implied total. I'm getting a lot of PJ Washington at 29% right now, 5,700 power forward center. So I'm over the field there. Other than that, though, nothing really standing out. Getting 15% Hayward, 10% Richards. So pretty much around the field on those two, uh, getting to 9% apiece on Miller and Rogier. Miller, 6K, shooting guard, small forward. Good positional eligibility. We do have him going a little bit under-owned as well right now. Uh, 7% ownership with an 11% chance of being optimal. Always happy to get to Rozier when I can. I haven't been getting that much with LaMelo out, but you do see increased playing time, increased production. Solid tournament play at 5% owned. Yeah, 5% Brandon Miller, 7% Nick Richards, 8% Terry Rozier, 3 to Bridges, 3 to Washington, uh, a little bit to Gordon Hayward. Just... The Charlotte guys are basically like the perfect last dudes into a lineup. You grab like any one of these starters slash Nick Richards, PJ Washington types. They're going to be totally fine, especially when you're going up against the Miami team that doesn't have Bam anchoring the center spot. They are slow as hell, but um, defensively, not the same team. The Miami side of this one, uh, like I said, no Bam. We are getting dangerously close to getting Tyler Hero back, but he is still out. No Haywood Highsmith, no Jovich. Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson are both available for this one. And this one kind of looks the same. 10% ownership to Caleb Martin, uh, 15 to Kevin Love, 10 to Josh Richardson, scattered amounts to everybody else. I'm getting a little bit of Jaime Jaquez. I've got a little bit of Jay Rich. I don't have Kevin Love, which I'm okay with. Um, minimal amounts of Orlando Robinson. Like you can kind of just pick anybody here and they're going to play the minutes. Yeah, I am getting Kevin Love right now, and I don't really like it. But also, there's nothing about his projection that screams that it's going to change or that it's you know over, that he's over projected or anything. Uh, we have his optimal percentage in line with his ownership at 14%. I'm getting like 32%. He played 21 and a half minutes last game. We did see Thomas Bryant get on the floor, but he still only played about four minutes. Uh, so you mostly got a center split again between Orlando Robinson and love. He just also had almost four minutes go to Thomas Bryant. The game before that, we had seen a straight 48 minute split between Robinson and love where love actually played 28 minutes. So knowing that's on the table is nice, but you know, we haven't projected about 20 and a half minutes right now. He's a 1.2 DraftKings point per minute guy for the year. He's got a good matchup. He's got power forward eligibility. So it's not a name that I love seeing, but I also don't have anything that I don't have any reason to say like, Oh, I don't think, I'm going to end up playing him. He's just showing up with the way the slate looks right now, which, you know, looks okay to me, I guess, even though it doesn't feel good. Uh, Caleb Martin showing up 15% of the time for me, fields at 11%. Other than that, I'm not really getting to anything here. And for the most part, neither is the field. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird, weird spot. Great spot for Miami. I mean, Charlotte dead last in defensive rating, not as fast as you would expect, uh, middle of the pack, but still a great, great matchup. If you want just to be efficient, that shouldn't be all that hard for Miami. I think this is going to be the game that I have everything for because Toronto looked amazing on my end when I did the process show. I have not looked at my exposures yet, so I'm interested to see it. Atlanta Hawks are two-point dogs in Toronto, 239 total. 
Uh, DeAndre Hunter is questionable. Still no Jalen Johnson. Trey Young is probable. Uh, the Hunter news will matter, at least for some of these guys. We continue to get more than 48 total minutes for Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongwu. Capella, 12% owned. It's the only guy in double digits across both sites. I didn't get to double digits of anybody here from Atlanta, and I'm okay with it. But if I'm getting anywhere, it's either going to be probably Sadiq Bay or one of the centers. Yeah, I have 1% Capella, 1% Hunter, and that's it right now. Uh, I just am not getting to this team. They do have a relatively high total, but it's just tough to get the most. And the only guy actually getting ownership is Capella at 12%. Um, but like I said, I'm not even getting there. Um, I, In part, probably because I'm getting so much Joval at $500 more. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm really surprised they're playing these guys alongside each other. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to last. No, neither did I. Neither did I. Like, 5K for a Kongu looks solid. I mean, basically the same price that he was when he was backing him up and not playing alongside of him at all, which I think is kind of interesting. What's going on? I just saw my Toronto exposures. Yeah. Well, they are quite popular, and I think we should just get to them. 30% ownership to Dennis Schroeder, 20 to Gary Trent, 30 to Jake Puddle, 40 to my boy OG Ananobi, who I have 69% of, another 17 to Siakam and 18 to Barnes. Did these guys just all get like an $800 price drop? Because everybody looks amazing from Toronto today. Right. So that that's why I reacted how I did, because I'm just on autopilot with Toronto of, yeah, all the starters look fine. They're all healthy. They've been healthy forever play what you can get to, but nothing looks good. And then I saw what I'm getting, and it's just across the board jamming this team in pretty much. Matchups with Atlanta will do that. About a 121 yeah. implied total uh, for Toronto. And the pricing is reasonable. You also have some favorable positional eligibility with Barnes in particular, point guard, small forward. Um, I'm getting 70% Scotty Barnes right now. 8,600 point guard, small forward. So this is another reason probably why I'm not getting Brandon Ingram is yeah. I am paying $800 more for Scotty Barnes at the moment. He is projected for 18% ownership, 17% chance of being optimal. So I'm a little surprised that he's just getting jammed in, given that the optimal percentage isn't higher than his ownership. Uh, yeah. Normally, when I am getting guys way over the field, I can tell it's going to happen based on the boom bust tool. But uh, I don't mind it. You know, ideally, I think, or I don't even know if ideally is the right word. If it just turned into where I'm like 2x on Scotty Barnes and also getting to guys like Brandon Ingram, that would be perfectly fine with me. But yeah. I'm also not going to be upset if I just do end up taking a big Scotty Barnes stand here. Good matchup, cool. very good player, all of that. Getting to 54% Jakob Pertl, so like 2x the field on him at 28%. Probably another reason why I'm not getting to Capella on the other side of this game. He's just getting squeezed out, I think, with Pertl as the cheaper option and Joval as a slightly more expensive option. Uh, getting to 36% Schroeder, 28% um, Ananobi. So right around the field on Schroeder, actually a little under the field on Ananobi, who's getting 41% ownership, but still getting plenty of him. 13% Siakam is my lowest owned Toronto starter. Field's at 18%. And then I'm mixing in a little bit of Gary Trent at about 5% as well. Which is okay, So we have, we, we're definitely taking different paths here, but the the takeaway from what we're saying is play Toronto in abundance. Um, 23rd in defensive rating, by the way, for Atlanta on the season, third in pace. So I have 56% Schroeder. I have 69% OG Ananobi. I have 38% Jakob Pertl. Those are the three guys I'm getting to a lot. I'm neutral on Gary Trent. I'm neutral on Siakam. And I'm half the field on Scotty Barnes. So uh, we went a different direction that way. But 
And no surprise that I'm getting to Ananobi, but $5,800 shooting guard. I'm not surprised. These guys are playing big starter minutes. This is a two-point line Toronto at home. By all accounts, this is based on the line for the game. This is the most competitive game on today's slate. It has the third highest total on today's slate. Uh, it's just, this is an incredible spot for the Toronto Raptors. I want every part of the dudes that play real minutes. Agreed. And this is like, this is not going to change today. Like Toronto is going to look great all day. No matter what news comes out, this is going to be a place where you're getting a lot of exposure. Barring news for like them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and like you said, this is, it, it's a spot where if we get to lock and the specific players that I have a lot of are different, that wouldn't surprise me. If we get to lock and I don't have a lot of Toronto, I would be surprised and concerned. Yes. They look so good today. So good. Anything else for Toronto? I don't think so. Well, you know what doesn't look good? The Memphis Grizzlies and Houston Rockets that have a 213 total in this one. That is 26 points below the Hawks Raptors game. Memphis Seven and a half point dogs in Houston. They are single digits in ownership across the board on DraftKings. Derek Rose gets to 10% on FanDuel. I got three shares of David Roddy and one of Santi Aldama. Uh, Memphis looks downright dreadful. 102 implied total. Let me round up if you want and say 103 is going to be the trashiest of the trash implied totals on the slate. I don't really know how you justify Memphis knowing that there's another game on this slate that's going to have that's going to project for like 60 plus more fantasy points. Yeah, it's very very small pieces of this team for me. 3% Bane, 3% Rose, really all that I'm getting to. Anytime you're getting Desmond Bane, you're getting a nice ceiling, but like you said, this game is just likely to be played at such a slow pace. It's a 2006 basketball game on a 2023 slate. Like it's just really really tough to want to get to. Yeah. Like, they're 10 points behind the next closest game on a nine-game slate. Not even, like, even if you don't want to compare it to the top, they're 10 points below eighth of nine. Right. And especially in the case of Memphis, they're also relatively expensive, at least the guys that you yeah. want. Bain is 9K, so he's $400 more than Scotty Barnes, who's facing the Hawks. He's yeah. 1200 more than Brandon Ingram, who's facing the Wizards. It's just so tough. As good as he is, it's so tough to really get there. Jackson's at 8K, which is very difficult. Derrick Rose is 4,600, which is fine. He's getting the most ownership here. But, you know, it's also Derrick Rose in 2023. So you can only get so excited about that. Yeah, like you can't get to Jaron Jackson at 8K power forward center knowing that Zion is 7,900 against the Wizards. Siakam's 8,100 against Atlanta. (laughs) We're going to talk about Julius Randle, who's going to look a little bit better against Utah in the 8K range. Uh, Victor Wembanyama is is going to be there as well. Like we got a, this late, this range is packed. How you get to the guy in the worst game environment? I don't know. Hit that like button, by the way, folks. Let's get that number up over a hundred. The Houston side is not much better, although I am getting to it in two separate spots. Ten uh, percent ownership coming into Jabari Smith. Nine to Dylan Brooks. It's uh, 10 to 15 on Brooks Van Vliet and Jalen Green on FanDuel. I don't know what's causing it other than just price and uh, fun positions, I guess. A 33% Dylan Brooks, <laughs> which is, I don't know. He's a $4,800 small forward. It's not crazy when I think through it in my head. I have 21% of Jabari Smith, $6,200 power forward. He's a fantasy point per minute guy, at least over the past month. 
I don't mind those pieces of Houston. It's, you know, Memphis isn't a team that I'm ultra worried about. The game environment is terrible, but yeah. Dylan Brooks season, I guess today. Yeah, I'm getting 14%. So I'm not going as crazy as you, but I am also still over the field. Just a good price tag, good position. Um, If other value opens up, that probably starts to go away. Uh, But I am getting there. I'm getting the 16% Jabari Smith, who's 10% owned at 6,200. I'm getting to 13% Jalen Green at 6,700, 6% owned, and then 1% Shangun, which is just kind of randomly showing up. Um, Same issues as far as this just being a slow-paced game, but at least you have better pricing here, especially on the three that I'm getting to, Smith, Green, and Brooks, uh, just being you know pretty inexpensive. So it makes it a little bit easier to at least mix those guys in as like a last guy into your tournament lineup. And like, I think Shingun looks totally fine for 8,900 at center. I just, I don't happen to have him, um, but I, I certainly wouldn't mind getting it. I think the game environment is just nerfing him a little bit more at that high salary. Similar situation yeah, it, for Van Vliet. Yeah, it just, like with Shingun, it's it's similar to what we were just thinking about Desmond Bain. Shingun's great. Anytime I see Shingun in a lineup, I'm happy. The problem just becomes... How much better would this lineup look if I took $2,200 from Shangun, made it Joval, and then in- improved whatever else is in this lineup? And yeah. the answer is probably a lot better in most cases. Yes. So I'm glad we're done with this game. The, we're, we're, we got we to gotta talk a little bit about our friends at Sleeper next, but the, the following game is going to be a doozy with that total. But we got to talk Sleeper. You see the banner at the top of the screen click the link in the description to sign up if you're looking for another pick'em site this is a decent one to grab payouts could be massive you'll also get a up to a 100 first match deposit bonus so they'll match anything up to 100 put in 100 get 100 but you could 100x they have the highest payouts in the market because they have dynamic payouts it's not just even action when you're going over or under one of these lines they will have, you know, it could be 1.5x on one side to a little bit less on the opposite side. You can get those multipliers now and completely change up the way that you are putting together your Pick'em cards. That is a very unique experience in the Pick'em streets. They always have free squares going on, so you could try to take advantage there. Links are in the description. Click that, sign up for Sleeper. We might just talk a little bit about odd shopper in like 15 minutes. If you're looking for even more potential plays on sleeper, odd shopper is going to help you out. But for now, click the link in chat or the one in the description of this video, sign up at sleeper. The Indiana Pacers are six and a half point underdogs in Milwaukee, 259 total. I haven't checked to see if that has moved since I started the day. It is at 258 and a half. I didn't know if it would get up to 260. Uh, this is just absolutely massive. And we just saw these teams play not too long ago. Uh, Andrew Nemhard out, Jalen Smith out. Everybody else that's questionable is irrelevant for Indiana. They're basically the right prices based on what we've seen recently. And they are facing a slightly better defense and not the same sort of pace up spot, although it is a pace up spot for the Pacers. 12% ownership to Miles Turner is the high mark. Single digits everywhere else. I am happy to get shares of anybody here just because of the game itself. The guy I have the most, though, 13% of Buddy Heald, $6,300 shooting guard, small forward. Very happy for that flexibility. Hasn't been playing great over the past month, but I will take my chances in this one because for more points to be scored, I'm going to rely on the guys that score points for a living. Seems like a good idea. I'm going a little bit different approach. Um, I'm getting 21% Miles Turner at 7,300. No issues at all with that. So 2x the field there. 
I'm getting to 20% Isaiah Jackson at 4,100. He's 12% owned, 16% chance of being optimal. No real problems with that. Um, That is the type of play that as other value opens up, it starts to disappear. But he is a little bit underpriced for this game. I don't have the two of them together. It's, you know, so it's, I I do like that idea too of like with, with the pace of this game, when you think about it, like, yes, it's not a guarantee that either of them do well. But a large percentage of the games that Miles Turner doesn't do well in a game with a 200,000 point total is because he's in foul trouble and Isaiah Jackson's playing more minutes. So I yeah. do I do like that approach. Uh, the field is going that way as well. Other than that, I'm not getting too much of anything. I have 8% Tyrese Halliburton. He's 3% owned, 11-1. Tough to get there at that price and position, but never going to be upset about just being over the field on Tyrese Halliburton in a game with this total. Yeah. The other side of this one is the side that I think looks a little bit better. I'm shocked that I'm not just full stop jamming Giannis. I think it's just a testament of where the value is because I think he is unequivocally the best payup option on today's slate. I don't really see it any other direction. Only Brooke Lopez crossed the 10% ownership mark. 7% to Beasley, Middleton, Giannis, basically to Bobby Portis as well. But we've been seeing massive minutes for these dudes, even outside of in-season tournament games. I went to 36 for Dame, 36 for Giannis. I only got to 7%, which I just, I hate. I wish he was in 50% of my stuff. This game is insane. His points prop today is like 34 and a half or something like that. It's just bonkers. But I got 20% of Portis, 20% of Brooke Lopez, and 28% of my boy Chris Middleton. And then scattered amounts of Beasley, Giannis, Dame, what are you getting from Milwaukee? That Does that Isaiah Jackson unlock Giannis for you? No, unfortunately. I, I'm really uncomfortable with how little Milwaukee I am getting to. I have 24% Beasley right now, 8% owned, 10% chance of being optimal, $5,400 shooting guard, decent point per dollar value, but clearly not the most exciting guy to get to at all. Other yeah. than that, I'm single digits across the board. 5% Lopez, 5% Middleton, 1% apiece Giannis and Dame. I don't have any Portis. I hope this changes. I really would like to be getting a lot more of the team that has a 132 point implied total. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I got Giannis at 1.77 fantasy points per minute and still can only get 7% of them. And he's not even priced in a way that I think is problematic. Like you said, you have him at 1.77. Yeah. We have 1.77 also, and I'm just not getting there. Yeah. Like, it makes it so hard to think, I'm going to get to Tyrese Halliburton today, $300 cheaper. Like, Halliburton's exceptional. He's still, like, a quarter of a fantasy point below that or something. Yeah, which, like I said, I have 8% of him at least. I I have one Giannis right now. Yeah. I don't know what's blocking this out, but, man, oh, man, do I want any bit of this that I can get to. Yeah, I'm really – I've been pretty happy with my exposures in general, Jaden Ivey aside, so far. Yeah. This one is concerning to me. I the, the one thing that makes me feel a little bit better is I think it can mostly be explained by having massive amounts of the best players on Toronto. Yeah. But still, it's problematic. It is. And, and the other thing is, I don't think 11-4 on Giannis is underpriced in general. 96 on Dame no. isn't, you know, in general. Now, obviously, this matchup is better than average, but... The prices, I think, not necessarily even intentionally, do account for that. Because Giannis has not been an 11-4 player this year. So no. making him 11-4 just because his name is Giannis sort of unintentionally made him, I think, correctly priced for a great matchup. Same goes for Dame at 9,600. When Giannis is healthy, Dame is not a $9,600 player. So 
whether it was the reason or not, him being 9,600, you know, yes, he clearly looks good in the spot you'd like to get there, but he was overpriced. Now he's closer, like, correctly. Yeah. And, like, Embiid at 11-8. There's no, there's no path to think, to me, to think that Joel Embiid is a better DFS play today than Giannis. You get the power forward eligibility and you save $400. Like, it's really hard there. But if you want the real scope of the slate, I think this sort of tells the story. Here are the guys starting with Desmond Bain at 9K and their current projected ownership. Two, two, three, eight, zero, two, seven, zero, two, seven, three. Seven is the high mark there. Eight on Anthony Davis is the high mark. We don't even know if he's going to play today or not uh, on the back to back against San Antonio. Like no one is being paid up for right now from nine K and above. Yeah. At and then one thing like, I will I kind of push... is the one you want from that group. One thing I will push back on a little bit with like Embiid versus Giannis, for example, you said you have Giannis at 1.77 DraftKings points per minute for this game, which obviously is factoring in the really good matchup for the season. Embiid is better than that. And he's facing Detroit. Yeah. So, you know, like, like I said, I'm not getting to Embiid either. And I do have at least like 1% Giannis. So I do have more Giannis. The positional eligibility is better. I do think, and I'm not even like, I'm not really disagreeing with you, but I do think this is where it can be kind of difficult like you can't emphasize enough how great this game environment is, how great this matchup is for Giannis, but then to still take a step back and realize that the gap between Embiid on average and Giannis on average is so big that yeah. this game just puts Giannis slightly below Embiid in terms of way in, instead of way below Embiid. Yeah. I have them basically neutral today in terms of like rates, um, but I have Giannis playing more minutes for today which I think is pretty reasonable. It's really the power forward eligibility right. that should open him up in a big, big way. It just isn't. It's not opening up anybody. Yeah, I think that might just be the why the field isn't getting there and you're having trouble getting there and I'm having trouble yeah. getting there is as much as you would like to be there when you really step back, you know, yes, the position eligibility is better and everything, but Embiid's 1.83 for the season. He's playing Detroit. Yeah. This yeah. So it, it's almost one of those spots where if this were like 2016, when you're building by hand, you'd be forcing Giannis in because you're looking and saying, this game has a 260 total. He looks great. But now that everything is more projections based, you're realizing that, yeah, everything looks great, but he's still the same as Embiid. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Nuts. Going to be a fun game to watch, man. Anything else here from Milwaukee? No. Marv, his his matchup is better than Embiid's matchup. It just is. Jordan, I have like five of these shirts. <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers are three-point favorites in San Antonio, 227 total. I think the first thing that we need to point out right now is if they are really three-point favorites in San Antonio, someone's not playing. Uh, I can't really read into that right now. The line is now two. Um, if the Lakers are two-point favorites in San Antonio, one of those two main dudes aren't playing for the Lakers tonight. I can't really hypothesize this. They're on a back-to-back. Minimal ownership coming into the, the Lakers, but it will be significantly more interesting if and when one of these guys gets ruled out, or both. Uh, but for right now, I don't really think that we could talk about the Lakers until we know their injury report. Yeah, it's really tough. Hopefully we get some sort of clarification before lock because – with this being a matchup with the Spurs, it is a big problem. Um, Anthony Davis got banged up yesterday. He was questionable yeah. coming into yesterday, got banged up. It is a back-to-back. Uh, Eric and I were talking about it in between shows yesterday. Um, 
that Davis hasn't just flat out rested yet this year. He has missed time with an injury early in the year, but wouldn't surprise me at all if they hold him out of this one. LeBron is LeBron. You know, it's just going to be whatever LeBron wants to do. Who knows? But like if Davis is out, LeBron looks really good and other stuff looks better. If they're both out, then you just have a million good plays from the Lakers. So uh, really, really difficult to get into right now with everybody projected in. I don't have a single Laker. So this game really could go from, I have no interest to this is like one of my highest owned teams. Yeah. I mean, like if AD sits, we are jamming Jackson Hayes or Christian Wood or one of these dudes, Jared Vanderbilt, like especially somebody there is something. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody there is about to be big. Rui's 4,900. We saw him get a bunch of minutes yesterday. Like we're going to free up crazy value which is also going to free up Giannis Antetokounmpo when we start getting this kind of value but for like there's no way around this one the gap between the Lakers and the San Antonio Spurs in terms of net rating is like 10 points you don't get that from playing at home if this line is two or three it is implying that someone is not going to be there if Anthony Davis and LeBron James both play today this line is like six or seven not two or three but we don't know and we won't know until 330 at best and uh, this is an eight o'clock start. So two 30 at best or uh seven 30 tonight. Yeah. It is sort of DraftKings actually tried here. I don't think they got enough, but they did bump prices. Uh, Russell's up to 6,900 Reeves, 6,500 Christian Woods, 5k Hayes is 4k Reddish is up to 5k. Christian Wood is 5k. Yeah. She's not even in the rotation. I know. Uh, Rui 49 Cam Reddish, 5,300. So if, like if Davis is out, there are certainly good plays from the Lakers. If they're both out, there's still a ton of good plays. But yeah. uh, it is, you know, at least worth noting or pointing out. At least, like DraftKings didn't completely drop the ball, and we're not just going to have you know 4K across the board, Cam Reddish, Rui, yeah. everybody else. They're at least semi-real prices. I have to assume Jackson Hayes ends up being the guy that looks the best here if AD is out. I would think he's been the backup. He's he is still only 4K. Like yeah. that, that's kind of a weird one where it's like, okay, if you, if you were making the attempt here for, you know, let's not let the Lakers completely ruin this slate yeah, and you're going to bump Christian Wood to 5k, which still probably isn't high enough with power forward eligibility, but it at least is like failable if yeah. he just doesn't play well, you kind of drop the ball on not making Jackson Hayes like 6k. Yeah. I don't think there's much you could do for Vandy. Like, I don't think he's getting the minutes anyway. Right. I, I think they would want him to, but I don't think he is in a place to, like just soak up 26 if they had to. Um, so I think like Rui and Jackson Hayes would get the biggest benefit. And then whatever they roll the dice on for Christian Wood would be, right. would start to get real interesting. Yeah. And then if LeBron sits, of course, then you're looking at Reeves, Russell. Yeah. 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 Those guys all look terrible right now. Oh, yeah. uh, they are full stop unplayable until we get any of this news. And if it's just one of them, I'd imagine we're really not going to be all that interested in anybody else from like the wing type dudes it'll be the 4k guys like the princes and ruiz like reeves at 6500 is going to need them both out i think to start to look awesome to look awesome yeah but i think if you just take lebron out and really solidify like 30 plus minutes for austin reeves oh yeah i mean we're we're going from not having any chance to get him to like being a a a real part of the slate right if they're both out then austin reeves is like up there right exactly yeah i think if one of them is out with the exception of like if Anthony Davis is out and Jackson Hayes starts, I don't care what LeBron's doing. Jackson Hayes looks really good. But yeah. if only one of them is out, it's going to move the guys that are playing from I have none right now to they look fine. Yeah. If they're both out, then it just becomes, okay, the Lakers are a version of 
Toronto where I am just jamming different guys everywhere. Yep. Pause. Yep. Tried to stop saying that as I started it and just too far gone. Yeah. Once you start, you got to just keep going, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to finish. Yes. That's the moral of that sentence. Uh, Spurs on the opposite side, pretty easy to talk about here. Uh, Charles Bassey tours ACL, so he's going to be done for the year. A little bit of ownership coming in. I have a lot of it of this team, and I hate it. Uh, might look a little bit better, though, as we go on. 15% ownership coming into Devin Vassell, 20 to Jeremy Sohan, and 10 to Victor Wembinyama. I have 23 of Devin Vassell, so close to 2x. I have 57 of Jeremy Sohan. Uh, we can have that conversation. And I have 20, 26% of Victor Wembinyama, finally. And I would really like to have him if Anthony Davis isn't playing. Yeah, that would be good. I only have 5% of him right now. I wish I had more. Uh, the more minutes he gets at center, the better from a fantasy standpoint. And we have seen him you know, getting the starts there. He is still only 8,800. I really, really wish I was getting more of him. I'm not getting a ton right now. I am getting the Sohan and Vassell a bit more. 21% Sohan, slightly over the field. 17% Vassell, slightly over the field. Um, yeah, so wish I was getting more Wemby. I am getting Sohan and Vassell at pretty reasonable salaries. Yeah, 57% of Sohan right now, but 5,400 point guard, small forward. It's well, I understand it. And yeah, maybe I would have more than 21% if I didn't have 68% of uh, Ivy at the same price. Yep, exactly. And like, you know, so you project like Ivy, probably the better per minute dude. Sohan projected for a couple extra minutes over top of Ivy in like the most realistic setting. So that dynamic will be interesting. There were no Sohan props when I woke up this morning. So I didn't have a chance to like cross-reference myself and see if I was crazy. But uh, I'm guessing I'm mildly crazy if I have 57%. But look, the Lakers are sixth in defensive rating. That is on the back of a lot of Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis isn't playing... This is going to be a middle-of-the-pack defense and a decent enough spot for San Antonio. Anything else here for the Spurs? No. All right, folks. I told you we were going to talk about Odd Shopper a little bit later, and we are talking about Odd Shopper right now. So you should click the link in the description to sign up for Odd Shopper. I mean, like 15 bucks a week. If you're on the sports betting side, you'll be shopping around for lines for sides, totals, props, whatever you're looking for, all the sports books in front of your face so that you can get the best line. We're also taking a market-based approach to beating the books. So we're sourcing that information. We're giving you expected value, expected win rates. It's all at your fingertips. Calculators as well to make it easier. Expert picks in the Discord if you want to make it even easier than that. But don't sleep on it from the Pick'em side. We've got uh, uh, prize picks, underdog, sleeper, all locked and loaded in Odd Shopper as well. So if you're not in a legal sports betting state, but you do play Pick'em, you're getting the same sort of environment on the Pick'em side, shopping around for the best plays that you can find in the Pick'em streets, taking that same market-based approach to beating those books. So if you're looking to sign up for Odd Shopper, whatever you're looking for on the sports betting side, that's the way to do it. I am getting dangerously close to being able to use that in the state of North Carolina. It is December 13th now. I'm hoping I'm getting that sometime early in January. Shout out North Carolina. Two to go. Late night hammers. And by late night hammers, I mean 9 p.m. starts here. No 10 p.m. games tonight. Finally. They just had to not have them at all. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets are four-point dogs in Phoenix, 228 total. 
for Brooklyn. Everybody that's been available as of late is available here. No DSJ, no Lonnie Walker, no ownership coming into anybody on the DraftKings side. A uh, little bit better on FanDuel. 10% to Cam Thomas, 10% to Cam Johnson, 14 to Spencer Dinwiddie. I got one share of Dinwiddie on DraftKings. I don't have anything else for Brooklyn right now. Yeah, I have 3% Cam Johnson, and that's all I have for Brooklyn. Um, I think across the board, it's just one of those teams where if you get to any of the starters in a random lineup here or there, it's fine. Like, the prices aren't egregious. There's just several better options at every position, every price point. And so it's just randomness of which one you get to here and there. Phoenix Suns, 26th in pace this year. Not exactly that kind of game. And the Phoenix Suns are impossible to talk about right now. Uh, they are on a back-to-back. Allegedly, Durant is supposed to play today. I assume Bradley Beal will not play on the back-to-back. Josh Okogie got hurt last night. That is going to cause some sort of uh, effect. I don't think we have Grayson Allen as well today. I don't really see any mechanism to talk about Phoenix until we get their information. Yeah, I have no idea. The way we have it projected right now, I'm not getting anything. But I have no idea who's playing. Yeah, it's... I just, I don't know. I don't know how we, there's no real way to look at this with any information. My assumption would be Durant in Beal out, but who That's the hell my knows? Guess. Uh, right now we actually have it projected the opposite, but Durant is expected to play. Uh, but th- the way I'm thinking about it right now is we have Durant projected out and I'm not getting to this team. Yeah, <laughs> Durant playing isn't like when it, when it becomes Durant in Beal out, that's not opening things up that aren't showing up now. No. And I, I just, I don't see a path to them playing Beal on a back-to-back. It would make no sense to me. It would make as much sense as Portland doing it with Brogdon constantly. It's true. It's true. There's probably going to be some value here for Phoenix. Like, if it breaks the right way and there is no Allen, there's no Josh Akogi, we might be looking at Chimeti Metu, Yuta Watanabe, uh, the- potentially Keita Bates-Diop, depending on who ends up being this final starter, uh, like Goodwin's already priced. Like a lot of these guys are already mildly priced up. Eric Gordon at 6,800. That's impossible to get to. Um, well, yeah, so I was there gonna could say the, be something. The problem is the pricing. Like you can start ruling guys out, but Chemezi Metu is still a $4,200 center only on DraftKings. It's going to yeah. take a lot being out for that to start being any sort of a priority. Uh, Ketabates Diop is already up to 5K. Bull Bull did get first quarter minutes last night. He's 3K flat. That one could, I guess, end up being somewhat interesting but who knows like he doesn't even have to play the more guys that get ruled out the more likely it is that he just gets minutes at 3k but most of these guys the guys that have been in the rotation are just all so expensive that you need a lot of guys out for them to actually start looking good you do indeed i got nothing else here to talk about for phoenix we'll definitely Uh, be able to break this one down later just to, elab- like, to elaborate, because I had said you know, that we had Durant out, Beal in. We also don't have Allen in. We don't have a Koji in. So like we have guys projected out, and yeah. they're still not showing up. Gross. We close it out. New York Knicks, six-and-a-half-point favorites in Utah. We're also not going to be able to talk about Utah, but they won't look that good. Uh, 10 to 15% ownership coming into quickly. Hartenstein, Julius Randle, Josh Hart, and R.J. Barrett. Uh, we do need to talk at least about the Knicks because uh, Q tag on Emmanuel quickly. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is now out for basically the rest of the year, or at least till long after the all-star break. We'll see what that ends up looking like at that point. Um, 
I assume we're going to get Sims starting. Hartenstein is the likely closer. I didn't get over the field on any of these guys. I'm actually well under, uh, except for I got to 13% Julius Randle. So he's the only guy I got double digits of. I think Randle does look the best. But again, that power forward center 8K range is loaded. Uh, what are you getting for the Knicks? Surprised I'm not getting more of anything. I'm getting to Barrett 16%. That's right around the field. 6,100 small forward power forward, you know, looks perfectly fine. I'm getting to 9% Hartenstein. He's 14% owned at 5K. He did come off the bench last game. I assume he will again today. He closed, like you said, 27 minutes. Uh, we had talked about him a lot prior to their their last game um, on the deeper dive. We didn't know yet for sure who was starting, whether it was going to be Sims or Hartenstein. But if you went back to the start of last year and looked at the games without Mitchell Robinson, Hartenstein's per minute production coming off the bench compared to as a starter was significantly better. So yeah. it is a situation where, you know, sure, if he's starting, you can feel better about his minutes, but you would actually be concerned about how he's producing next to Julius Randle for the bulk of his minutes and all of that. Whereas coming off the bench, he's still likely to close, still likely to give you mid to upper twenties and minutes and just produce at a higher rate. So uh, it's the weird spot where I do think I actually legitimately prefer somebody if they are not starting and, you know, not to say I wouldn't play him if he did start, but uh, I have no issue with him in this role off the bench at 5k. So uh, getting the 9% of him, but I'm not getting the quickly. I'm not getting the Brunson or Randall. I don't love any of those things, but you know, is what it is right now. I don't really know how we talk about Utah, but I'm guessing we could just talk about it by not talking about it. Q tag on John Collins, Q tag on Walker Kessler, Q tag on Larry Markinen. There is no Jordan Clarkson here. I got 8% Keontae George, which I don't really want. Otherwise, I don't really have these guys. It's single digit ownership across the board, but maybe this looks different if all of those Q tags are outs by the time we get to it. I just, I don't know how to really talk about it if they're all in. Yeah, me neither. Uh, all that's showing up for me at all right now is like one Colin Sexton lineup. But like you said, certainly has the potential to look very different the way it's projected right now. Nothing looks very good at all. No, no, really brutal. We really go out with a whimper for these nine o'clock games. Yeah. I guess that's probably what happens when you have a 259 that, total. Probably a tough slate tonight for the people that think you have to have somebody from a late game to win. Yes, it's the only way that you could do it as if any of that matters. It did. What do you got going on today? Thing, just because the West Western Conference teams figured out that you should play at a fast pace before the Eastern Conference teams did, but that's true. What do you got for today? Uh, lineup generator video and article will be out in the afternoon. I'll be back for the deeper dive. I assume with you. It is with me. That's all we got, folks. Contenders video is coming out shortly. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Otherwise, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and give a shout out to Sleeper for sponsoring this one. We'll talk to you at five o'clock. Peace.